Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to those listeners who are not watching President Obama's farewell speech. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be all the rage dominating talk on these social media platforms across the board. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, it is at the end of, of eight momentous years, and certainly a scan or free eight years. So I certainly don't blame people for tuning into Barack Obama rather than you and me this morning. <laughs> indeed. Now, there's been a lot of focus, and uh, we spoke about this last week and again today, um, uh, on the impact of uh, the, what's happening in the poultry industry. So, mm. and last year there was again a lot of focus on uh, the AGOA deal and uh, the chicken imports but now we're looking at what's happening and seemingly uh, Europe is representing even it presents rather an even greater threat Narina to our domestic poultry industry what's going on here yeah, indeed. You know, Rainbow Chicken yesterday announced that it will be closing um, 15, of, or selling at least 15 of its farms um, in Kuala Natal, and and there's an expectation that as many as 50,000 jobs could be um, could be at risk as a direct result of this. And, and you're right. You know, last year I think a lot of our focus was on the resumption of imports from the U.S. after uh, the, the issues around the the African Growth and Opportunity Act, the AGOA um, deal with was um, sorted out. Um, but when we look currently at where the imports into South Africa are coming from, maybe I must just, uh, just start out here by saying that South Africa actually cannot produce enough chicken um, at, a, at the, sort of the right cost levels in South Africa to satisfy the local demand. So we are dependent on imports, um, but it now appears that the majority of those imports actually come from the EU region and also from Brazil. So, you know, we, we imported almost 475,000 kilograms of poultry last year, um, and a lot of that was, uh, you know, it's, it's First, there's off-cuts, so chicken pieces, many of them with, um, with the bone still in. Um, and it's almost seen as those, the, those are the waste pieces from the European chicken industry that effectively then gets dumped in South Africa. So it's the price at which those are dumped in South Africa that makes the South African poultry industry not competitive. Um, but even the imports from Brazil, I, I think many people would be surprised to hear that, that um, uh, more than 18 million and kilograms of, of chicken port, um, portions are imported from Brazil. So that's about 41% of our imports and, and around 53, 54% coming from the EU. So certainly something where I think the poultry industry in South Africa is under a lot of pressure and government is now coming under increasing pressure to assist the chicken industry and in, of course with that also um, uh, to try and avoid those significant job losses which may come about as a result of these low, low-priced chicken imports. Indeed, and I guess that's a good example of some of the impact of global trade. And um, then, of course, we still have the Trump presidency to look forward to, Narina, uh, Brexit and uh, the result of that, and also the impact on uh, the UK equity market. Talk to us about everything that's happening in that regard. So yes, you know the FTSE FTSE 100, the the, the UK biggest um, index on the on the equity market. <clears throat> sorry, yesterday recorded a, a, a very good record. It closed at a record high for the tenth straight session in a row. So this is since the 28th of December last year. So not only did it um, close 
and, and um, 2016 on a record high, but every single trading day so far this year, the FTSE 100 has closed at a new high, which is an unprecedented move. Um, and it comes largely on the back of a very, very weak pound. I mean, the British pound has declined by almost 20% against the U.S. dollar since the Brexit vote in June last year. And, and because so many of these big U.K. companies are dual um, or sort of global um, companies that operate around the world, a lot of their earnings is in dollar terms and when they convert it to pounds through this weaker currency, much like we find with our own um, JSE market also, when, when there's a weakness in the local currency, that actually pushes up the local stock market. So certainly for UK investors, the performance of the equity market has been very good. For anyone else investing in the UK, you've, of course, got to take into account that 20% um, decline in the, in the pound, or as, as it's been in the case of the, of the rand. Um, we've seen more than 50% um, strength in the rand relative to the pound, so that certainly hurt our investments in the UK. But, but yes, for South African investors also, those UK big-listed companies, that certainly helped push um, the, the JSE also much higher yesterday, stronger by almost 1.4%, certainly led higher by by the big mining companies, because the UK also still tends to be dominated both by mining companies as well as banks, and, and these just got some, some renewed moves from um, new optimism in China, commodity prices higher and so on. So we're certainly starting off the year on quite a positive view in terms of equity markets. And then um, yesterday, Narina, during um, well, uh, this day in history, we spoke about uh, the Apple iPhone celebrating its 10th birthday. Uh, and it's uh, somewhat hard to believe, but what does this tell us about the rate at which the world as we know it is changing? You know, it, it's quite hard to believe that it's only 10 years since the first iPhone was, was announced Certainly by, is. by Steve Jobs. Yes, amazing, amazing. And, you know, it got me thinking to, to what has been replaced by the smartphone in our day-to-day life. I know myself, I have not worn a wristwatch in, in more than a decade. That's just a, so a watch. Um, and with that also an alarm clock or a stopwatch. These are all things that have been replaced by the smartphone. And I think for many people, this has become their new camera. They don't need a separate digital camera anymore because the phones, the cameras on the smartphones are better than many of your of your standalone digital cameras. But you know, it's even replaced for some people their radio because you can now stream everything online. I'm sure there are some people listening to you in the morning directly on their smartphone. Yeah. It's, it's replaced the voice recorder for many journalists, for people taking notes. For some people, it's even replaced the TV, you know, um, where you've got sufficient high-speed data, you can actually watch live TV or stream TV shows directly on your smartphone. And I, and I think it just, um, for me, it's, it's indicative not so much of how much the world is changing, but I think the rate at which it changes and, and how important it is that we will keep um, ahead and, and up-to-date with what's happening in terms of these changes and rather than fighting it to embrace it and say, what does this mean in my life and how can I actually use this to better my own life rather than seeing a lot of these changes as threats. So I think there's more than enough evidence that certainly in the corporate world, the companies that don't want to accept the change that is coming coming their way, those are the ones that actually fall by the wayside. Kodak is a good company that, that comes to mind in terms mm. of one that just didn't refuse to sort of see the change and, and, and now no longer is in existence. So yeah, let's, uh, let's embrace a year of change um, and, and maybe we can find some more 
more good for all of us in the world. Indeed, and I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one who hasn't worn a wristwatch in forever. <laughs> but uh, my reasons are different, Narina. I just don't want to buy one for myself. And I'm very picky about the one that I want. So th- th- those are my reasons. <laughs> Narina, we'll talk again tomorrow. Thank you so much.